This is Prayer Rome Companion, episode 99, recorded Thursday, June 14th. Viva Cristo Rey! Welcome to this week in Prayer Rome Companion, the last episode no, no. Of, Prairie, of Prairie Rome Companion by that name. Ah, tricking you, dear listeners, faithful, persevering souls, you. Um, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, with me as always. Father Andrew Dickinson. I shouldn't say as always because you're not always here. Are you calling me unfaithful? I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Fight it. <laughs> Tell them how to get a hold of you to complain about how you make fun of me. If you want to get a hold of me to complain about how I make fun of Father Andrew Dickinson, you can email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. I will pay more attention to your emails if you mention something about a topic that you would like to hear in the uh, an upcoming episode of the podcast that will soon be renamed, formerly known as Prairie Rome Companion, trying to avoid any copyright or trademark issues with other people. Whoever they might be. Whoever they may possibly be. Um, so, yeah, so we, this is episode 99, as I mentioned in the introduction, as you heard in the introduction. Um, and with 100, we're going to have a name change and a little bit of, in our music change. <clears throat> Producer extraordinaire. Can, should we, can we, well, uh, Bill. Producer extraordinaire Bill is going to... <laughs> Have things ready to go, Bill. I, I I was debating, Father, whether or not to refer, refer to our producer extraordinaire by name, but I realize I've done that when. I really, uh, which is probably good because I was going to come up with a bad nickname, though. <laughs> when, when I'm sure, sure Bill somewhere is very grateful for that right now. Somewhere, somewhere, not paying any attention whatsoever. Anyway, uh, but that's ne- that's Schnuckum. that's next week. Episode 100. Um, this week, episode 99, we're we're going to talk actually a little bit about um, well, some more uh, about religious freedom. Um, and I want to start by just mentioning that it's next Thursday, the 21st, the eve of the or the the, the vigil, unofficially the vigil of the feast of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More. Um, the is the twenty first is the beginning of the fortnight for freedom, which the U.S. US bishops had had called for celebration of around the whole question of religious liberty. Father Andrew and I talked about this um, in a previous podcast a few episodes ago, or a, a previous ep- previous episode a few episodes ago, um, and it's starting next Thursday. And in the diocese of Sioux Falls, those of you who live in or near our diocese might be interested in this. Um, we are we're, we're 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 celebrating this memorial a few memorial. We're celebrating this uh, fortnight in a few ways. Bishop Swain uh, wrote a letter to the faithful of the diocese, um, outlining what we're doing and what he's asking us to do. And you can you can see this letter by going to our website, www.sfcatholic.org. It's on there on the front page. Uh, it's a PDF that you can pull up. And we are beginning by on the 21st in the evening having um, a gathering called God's Faithful Servants First. Um, on the, fr- the gathering in Highlander for you fans of the 1980s and 1990s uh, movies and television shows. We're having a gathering. Yes. Not the, although in Bishop's letter he does refer to the gathering. So I, I, there could be some confusion there for our Highlander fans. Um, <laughs> 
among the many listeners of Prayer Room Companion, I'm sure there's likewise a, a large subset of Highlander fans. Uh, so for the, those of you who don't get confused. In any case, Sunday, 21st, 7 p.m., the front steps of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. It's going to be a, a gathering to pray in defense of freedom of religious conscience. Um, and this is what Bishop's letter says. The gathering will feature speakers who will offer examples of how governmental infringement on our religious liberty will lead to a detrimental impact on individuals, Catholic institutions, and private businesses. And comments by me as bishop, that's him, Bishop Swain, not me, Chris, to be clear. Um, along with music offered by O'Gorman High School students, the approximately one-half-hour program will conclude with a holy hour and exposition in the cathedral. So this is very much, it's not a political um, action statement. Uh, it's, it's not activism, it's really prayer. So there's some pro- a program, a gathering, but it's followed by, uh, by a holy hour of praying for religious liberty. Um, the other thing, too, I want to mention, uh, tomorrow night... Uh, actually, no, sorry, not tomorrow night. Tonight, um, the 14th, uh, we're having a, 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 the, the Feed the Fire event, as part, which is part of our Institute for the New Evangelization. Travis Benson is going to be speaking um, on, oh, the, the different things, all of the, some of the things that the church does for society in terms of health care, education, and so on. And that's going to be in this, uh, on the Feed for the Podcast um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks so people will be able to listen to the audio recording of that. But I think people don't really understand Father, in, in my experience, at least many people aren't aware of the extent of the works of the church for the good of society. Um, and I think in the context of the fortnight, it might be helpful to remind people how much the Catholic Church does for people of all beliefs in our country. We'd be all up on that. Yeah, exactly. So, so that that'll, that'll, that um, you won't be able to come to it because by the time this is online, uh, it will probably not be today anymore. I was kind of wondering that as you're going down this road. <laughs> yes, but but I'm, I'm drawing your attention to it because you'll be able to listen to it in the feed uh, at some future point. Yes. So, so there's a couple things coming. Uh, I should mention as well that Bishop Swade, again in our diocese, um, asked that we pray the prayer for religious freedom. Um, you can also find that on our website. Uh, participate in a diocesan day of fasting to be held Friday, June 22nd. Um, and pray a novena of rosaries, concluding with the July 4th culmination of the fortnight. Um, there's also, he asked for a ringing of bells at noon on the 4th of July, recalling the bold declaration, the bold assertion of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, so that's kind of what coming up now. <clears throat> turning from that, a little pivoting a little bit, but really in the same ambit. Uh, Father, you've been, you've been planted, so you won't get called for travel. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, um, the NBA Finals are underway. Uh, a movie. We're going to talk about a movie. We talk about Prometheus, but Father Andrew hasn't seen it because he doesn't like scary movies. Yeah, you're, you're welcome to talk about it. No, I'll just be very quiet. And... Um, our producer extraordinaire, Bill, could speak about Prometheus, but I, 
Bill's the, more of the quiet type, so I won't call upon him. So instead of Prometheus, <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, a movie um, that just came out at the beginning of the month, uh, not in wide release. It's 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 not a major motion picture, but it is a motion picture. Pictures that move. Uh, the name of the movie, at least the English title, is "For Greater Glory." Uh, Father, what is this movie about? It's about greater glory. And what is glory, Father? No, no, no. <laughs> um, so this movie is about uh, early 20th century Mexico uh, and uh, what's called or referred to there as the Cristeros uh, Revolution or the Cristeros Struggle. Um, you have to roll your R's on struggle even though it's not a Spanish word. And you have to say Mexico too, by the way, just yeah, to be clear. Um <laughs> But the uh, so this this, this uh, battle is about um, some uh, uh, in uh, in early twentieth century Mexico there was a revolution in 1914 that set up a new constitution 1917 that was very uh, prescriptive against religion a lot of prescriptions against religion so inhibiting black religion most especially Catholic religion in Mexico mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this is based off of uh, the the viewpoints of kind of the ruling class, if you will, in Mexico that took control, and many of whom were actually Europeans uh, from the continent. They were native Mexicans themselves, um, and, uh, and then this was uh, and then uh, the head of the country in 1917. And then it was a little later that the president, uh, the new president, actually started enacting these anti-Catholic laws and and banning things, and so the people. Uh, rose up and uh, began to uh, to fight against it, the, uh, especially out in the rural areas. And people began to kind of fight against and resist this uh, thing. And there's uh, several uh, uh, blesseds and saints uh, who came about from this action. Uh, Blessed Miguel Pro um, there's a young man as well. I'm forgetting his name, who's actually featured in the movie, who's actually beatified. Um, <laughs> Uh, on account of his uh, being martyred uh, um, in the uh, in, in the course of uh, this revolution, but that's kind of the movie in a nutshell. So the uh, it, it, again, it's not a huge movie. It's um, in terms of production, the budget was just twelve million dollars, um, but it does have some 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 names, some actors who people would know. Andy Garcia is in it, uh, playing I not the. Well, one of the good guys. I, I don't know if he's the protagonist. He's on the cover, the the movie uh, poster. Um, he has. He certainly has an important role in the movie, and he's one of the good guys. Eva Longoria is in it. Peter O'Toole is in it, uh, playing a, a Catholic priest. Um, we won't really give away. Uh, Want to give any spoilers here? Nestor Carbonell, Father. Do you know who Nestor Carbonell has most famously played? Uh, no. Nestor Carbonell. Um, just a brief tangent here, was on the greatest TV show greatest TV. that has ever been made uh, thus far in the history of TV. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Lost. He was Richard yeah, Alpert. No, no. Lost, 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 yes. Anyway, uh, so uh, Nestor Carbonell, who, again, some people will know him, um, and uh, certain Catholics, if you've seen the movie Bella, um, Eduardo Verastegui, again, I mangled that, I know. 
but he's in it as well. So, um, so some names certainly in terms of actors who are there, uh, and and if you've seen some some of the more popular Catholic films of late, um, you might recognize some as well. James Horner did the music. I mean, he's he's no slouch when it comes to soundtracks. So, so uh, not a huge film, but but uh, but one that from what I've heard is 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 well done. Certainly got as I mentioned, some important uh, or known names in it. Um, and his father said it sort of tells the story. And this is a story which is this this, um, this persecution and then um, rebellion in the face of the persecution by, by Mexicans, as father said, especially many in the rural areas of the country. Um, it's not well known not only by many uh, uh, Americans, but by many Mexicans as well. I've seen some of the stories around this movie uh, even kids growing up in Mexico, going to school and learning the history of their country, there's not a lot of time spent on this particular uh, persecution and and then counter rebellion. Um, so the movie is really uh, apparently um, doing a lot to inform people uh, about what uh, what happened in 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 that country, their country, or our neighbor to the south, um, less than a century ago. And again, the context of religious freedom. Um, we we don't obviously we've never experienced anything like that in our country, um, and and God willing we never will. But we eternal vigilance. Uh, we need to always be prepared and praying that our freedoms um, do not come under, under attack as they have uh, just to the south of our border. Father, have you seen the movie yet? I have not been able to. Have you? No, it's it, at least as far as I know, it's not slated to come to Sioux Falls yet. It's not saying it's not going to, but uh, it's going to be up in Millbank, I guess, starting this Friday. Really? It's from Friday, uh, June fifteenth, I believe, through Friday, June 29th. Actually. Wow! It it doesn't. It certainly can only help if you call um, the nearby movie theater. Frankly, particularly if it's an independent movie mm-hmm. theater. Um, where you can actually talk to somebody who works at the place. Some bigger chains, you know, it's hard to talk to somebody. You can't find a number for your local theater. But if you can, um, check check with them and see if they're going to be carrying it, showing it. And if they're not, ask them if they could. It might be as simple as an email. I emailed um, the theater in Brookings and asked them whether they'd be getting this in. He said no because of uh, – when, when, we, when uh, Dr. Bergwell talks about it uh, – an independent film, one of the things that means is like most major films have maybe 4,000 or 3,000 prints of the film made. And think about how expensive it is to like print off a picture and you have how many thousands of pictures within a roll of film on a projector in that way. And so they have, uh, so there's only so many prints or so many theaters that can have the film at a time. It's like a major motion one might have three or 4,000 prints available at any one time uh, for greater glory only has 700 some prints available wow. millions available at any one time and so he said that they didn't think they were going to get it and, uh, and he was very grateful because I said to him you know I'd rather go you know I'd, I'd like to go to a local theater in town than to go to you know another town so he was grateful for that sort of notion hmm. he weren't going to be able to get it he was grateful for the question right right don't be afraid to ask that's right um there's something else about the movie. Oh, to be clear, I noticed uh, for those of you wondering, it, it is filmed in Mexico, but um, it, the dialogue, it's all in, well, the vast majority of it at least is in English. Viva uh, Cristo Rey! So it is not, uh, it's, it's not subtitled in Spanish if you do not speak Spanish. So it, it, it is in English. 
Um, one of the things they do, um, uh, one of the one of the Spanish phrases they do say is uh, "Vivo Cristo Rey," "Vivo Cristo Rey," uh, "Long live Christ the King," or "May He reign Christ the King." Um, and this was actually the word. This was kind of their the phrase of the Cristeros as they would as they would fight. Um, and kind of proclaiming their allegiance not to uh, a president, but to our Lord first, mm -hmm. um, which is maybe a neat thing to think about how our allegiance that we have, we, we first owe any allegiance to God before we give any allegiance to country. Right, um, right. And so, which can be a difficult thing for th some people to consider. But so I kind of expressed that, including um, in, the, uh, in the actual movie, there's uh, a young boy uh, who becomes Blessed Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, as um, a teenager at the time, and he is martyred, and he's that's why he's uh, considered beatified, blessed in the life of the church. But as he's martyred, he actually cries out, and this is not an embellishment of the movie show; it's actually real. He, he cries out, "Viva Cristo Rey!" Hmm. And so, I didn't realize uh, until you mentioned that uh, these uh, uh, Blessed Miguel Pro was part of this as well. That's, that's it was correct. this con this context when he was ex executed. And Blessed Miguel Pro was a priest. He was uh, hiding undercover. Priests were forced to be undercover uh, to, in order to celebrate the Mass and bring the saving sacraments to people. And he, uh, we actually have photos of his execution, which is probably the right. first any martyr in the life of the church. Right. And what's notable about the photo, Father? Do you have one handy, or do you know what's notable? I don't about have it handy. Do you? You must. Know. He before he before the order to fire and execute him was given um he spread his arms out mm. in the form in the form of a cross and you recall that yeah yep. as oh, he offers cool. himself up in imitation of christ the good shepherd for the sake of his sheep amen so um so this movie is out and again as father mentioned it's not a wide release very limited number of of prints but i would imagine if you're not able to see it in the theater um, I would imagine that DVDs will be uh, made available at some point in the future as well. So uh, if you're not able to see it now, uh, do do consider taking a look at it once it's um, out on DVD. Uh, there is, so th there were some, uh, well, I, I, I'm sure there were many um, effects of this uh, rebellion, the Civil War, uh, that, that actually spread north into the states. Uh, but but one in particular, Father, I know that you had brought to my attention regarding some Carmelite sisters. You want to talk a little bit about that? I would love to. This whole thing kind of took a moment to connect, and apparently it took a while for some others to connect with. We have um, uh, in our diocese uh, some Carmelite sisters. Carmelite sisters they follow. Um, it's called it's called the, the Carmelite Rule. Uh, they most often, not always, but most often, live a uh, life of uh, cloistered prayer. That means prayer uh, apart from the rest of the world, uh, praying for the world, but yet apart from the world. So you probably won't see many Carmelite sisters walking around. Uh, some maybe famous Carmelite sisters you might have heard of would be uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. Most everyone, probably, well, maybe not everyone, but many people have heard of her. St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, from the men's order, St. John of the Cross. Uh, Edith Stein. Edith, I was going to get to St. Teresa Benedicta. Of the birth, Cross. Of the Cross. Also sometimes known as Edith Stein, her birth name. 
a Jewish convert to Catholicism who joined the Carmel. Then during World War II, uh, for the crime being Jewish, was, uh, was executed, um, martyred. Now, uh, these Carmelites here in South Dakota, what's the connection? What's, uh, I remember hearing about this when they first came here, maybe reading the Bishop's Bulletin. Uh, read your Bishop's Bulletin every Sioux Falls uh, dust, and you never know what you're going to find. And uh, either that or is when we, uh, I got to go there as a seminarian for a dedication of, um, of, the, uh, of the convent. And uh, the, uh, the sisters, they came to us from Buffalo, New York. But the house in Buffalo, New York, um, actually comes from Mexico. And there's a, a beautiful little story associated with this. Um, the, uh, it was during uh, 1914, and, uh, the, uh, uh, which is when the revolution was going on in Mexico, uh, 1914. And the Carmelite sisters there... Uh, uh, were going to be brought before a, uh, a firing squad of Mexican revolutionaries um, because they were simply living their vocation as Carmelite nuns. Um, this is uh, Mother Mary Elias of the Blessed Sacrament was her name. Uh, she was uh, she and her companion and other sister um, were brought before the firing squad, and she offers up a somewhat skeptical prayer. She says, "Little Teresa, Tres of Lisieux." If you are a saint, as some people say you are, then deliver us, and I promise to found a monastery in your honor. Right. So if you are a saint, as people say you are. So 1914, St. Therese of Luzu wasn't canonized, let alone even beatified at that mm. point. But uh, her spirituality, her beautiful uh, story of a soul, her autobiography called Story of a Soul was being spread far and wide. And so they say this prayer, the guns go off, the nuns fall to the ground, right? And we left covered in blood. They it's later regained. Apparently Pardon? covered in blood. I'm going Sorry. to get there. They later uh, regained consciousness, and although there had been blood on their clothes, they were completely unharmed. So it just appeared that they had been shot. And so little Therese had indeed worked a miracle, answering Mother Mary Elias of the Blessed Sacrament's prayer. What a beautiful way, too. And so then... Uh, a few years later, they were brought to uh, the United States, about six years after that, uh, given refuge in the United States, and founded uh, the uh, Carmel, Discalced Carmelite Monastery of Buffalo, New York, uh, which was then officially dedicated then five years later to St. Therese on the day of her canonization. And so this became the first chapel, the first um, group in the world to be uh, dedicated to St. Therese of Lisieux. Okay. Now, it was from this house in Buffalo, New York, that in uh, the 1990s, we received six Carmelite sisters out here, uh, six or seven Carmelite sisters out here in South Dakota. One of the rare times they go out of their uh, convent is to plant a new one. And they came out here to South Dakota to uh, pray for the church as a whole, but especially for those of us here in South Dakota. Right. The Carmelites, I mean, the, the, as contemplatives. There are some active Carmelites. I, I know some in uh, Alhambra, California, but as Father mentioned, the vast majority of, of Carmelite sisters um, are, are in fact nuns, that is cloistered religious women uh, who spend the vast majority of their day simply praying. So I, I heard, I heard um, Carmelites and, 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 and cloistered religious in general referred once, maybe by Blessed John Paul II, but I'm not sure about that. As the prayer engines of the world, um, obviously we don't we don't see them. They're 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 
they're in the cloister. They're not seen face to face, and yet they spend their lives praying, uh, as as you said, Father, for the church throughout the world, and and oftentimes, particularly, um, the local church, the diocese in which they live. And for that, we're uh, and we we desperately need it. So, absolutely. Yep. The world will not be better with less prayer, that's for sure. <laughs> Indeed. So so there is this really interesting, as I said, Father brought this to my attention, really interesting connection between um, the events um, which the movie For Greater Glory portray and, uh, and our own diocese here in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Father, anything else about the, else movie? About the movie or... Well, anything else that you no, want to talk I, I, about? I don't think so. I think uh, I, I feel pretty talked out. I, um, uh, feels pretty, I, I think we hit this well. I, I hope to see it myself. I'm looking for that opportunity, but I uh, just don't know when it's quite going to get here. Absolutely. Um, Father, are you comfortable with concluding Pray Rome Companion on this note? Companion. Uh, actually, a slightly different note. Okay, what note? I, I, I have a sign-off phrase. You always kind of awkwardly wait for me to say a sign-off phrase. Yes. And I have one that I would say for this last, of this format, Prayer Room Companion. So, very good. I am going to, we're, we're going to conclude uh, this episode of Prayer Room Companion, giving Father the last word. Oh. that's a Sorry, I didn't quite catch that there. Can't you just say, say it like you normally do? Uh, how do I normally do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh, do, I, I, I'll, do, I'll do both parts then. Then you have to be okay. quiet at the end of this, okay? I'm, that's what I said. Okay. Well, dear listeners, we look forward to uh, uh, speaking with you again on the next episode of Not Prairie Roam Companion. Uh, still be the same location, but won't be Prairie Roam Companion. And until next time, Viva Cristo Rey!